Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in, I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another qualified healthcare provider. remember the feeling of just being paralyzed and not being able to breathe and this like million pound elephant sitting on my chest and this concept entering my brain that I might lose this child. If you are new to food allergies, this episode I know will resonate with you. Hillary Toll Carter is a food allergy advocate through and through. She's on the board of directors for a food allergy center named Latitude. It's in Northern California and also New York City. And she's also on the board of governors for Food Allergy Research and Education, FAIR. And our conversation today is really vulnerable, and we are totally stripping down in talking about what it is like to be the caregiver for a child with food allergies and how we have found care for the caregiver, also ourselves, and how we've gotten through that journey. I really hope that today's episode resonates with you, helps you, makes you feel less alone, heard, seen. I know this journey is so hard and you are doing such a great job. Whether you know it or not, we are rooting for you. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Hillary, it's so nice to have you on Whole Body Health today. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So for the listener, Hillary and I are both food allergy mamas, and we want to share our journey with you as food allergy parents. Hillary, start off with telling us what it was like when you found out your son or your sons were allergic to certain foods. What was that like for you? Sure. So my boys are now nine and 11, almost 10 and 12. And they were diagnosed within a few months of each other at six months and two and a half. So we were under the old guidelines to not give nuts until our child was two. And so I gave my oldest son his first bite of peanut butter at two and a few months, and he immediately reacted And he had hives and red itchy eyes, thankfully not anaphylaxis, called the pediatrician, gave Benadryl, and he was okay, went and got allergy testing and found out that he was allergic to peanut and all tree nuts. And then right on the tails of that, my youngest son had a full-blown anaphylactic reaction to his first bite of banana, which still today, like shocks me as such a benign food, such a baby food, first food. And we'd had lots of sort of, you know, thoughts that something could be going on. He had terrible eczema, colic, all of those things that I know in hindsight now were leading to allergy. But I kept asking my pediatrician and they kept saying, no, 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 this is common. Really, no one was listening to my concerns. And then had this horrible reaction, very near-death reaction, 
and then went and got him tested and found out that he was allergic to nearly 20 foods. Is horrifying. It is scary. It is, I mean, I went through the grief of one child having food allergies. And to be quite honest, how many times have I had the conversation with another girlfriend or another mama or even my husband? I don't know if I could handle having a second child with food allergies or have the bandwidth to keep them safe, right? And I think oftentimes we go into motherhood when we plan it, never thinking that our child is going to have any problems, right? It's always going to look like a Pinterest board, right? Especially like type A overachievers. We're like, we've got this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to world school my kid. We're going to, if you've listened to my podcast, uh, you know that I want to take my child to Africa and be in the middle of you know, wherever and eat like a local and not worry about if something he eats is going to kill him, right? Especially if it's a normalized food or even culturally normalized in another country and maybe not so normal here in in the U.S. Yeah. And, you know, you just said two things that are super important. And the first one is grief. I had to learn in therapy, which I'm a huge supporter of, that this was grief, that grieving the life that I thought I was going to have and that my children were going to have was grief. And to go through that process and give myself permission to go through that process, I think we all just assume it's a death Mm -hmm. or the end of a relationship or something like that. But I really want food allergy parents who are listening to validate the fact that it is something to really have to reset your mind to and allow yourself that process to be sad, to be angry. I went through a very long time of why me, why my kids, I did everything right. This isn't fair. And you have to go through that to get to the other side. So that I thought was so important what you said. And then the other thing I would say is that if you had another food allergic child, you would absolutely do it and you would slay it because all mamas, we do what we have to do. It's There's just not an option. I mean, Of course, I would give anything to make it all go away, but you absolutely could handle it. Anybody out there, no matter how many kids you have with whatever illnesses or conditions, we make it happen. Especially with the information we know now that there are so many things we can do to prevent food allergies from the get-go. I used to bathe Oliver all the time. And if you're listening and you're bathing your baby all the time, don't feel guilty for doing that. Or if you did bathe your baby, don't blame yourself. There's so much information and misinformation, and we're learning so much about how we can protect our child, you know, from food allergies, especially if they're prone to eczema and dry skin, et cetera, you know, from the very beginning. Tell me, what is your grief story? I have a grief story, like one really that sticks out in my mind. Do you have a story in your mind of like this? Sure. So I think for me, we had honestly just a very rough go of it the first few years of my kids' lives and still managed to live a very, very full life. So I look back at pictures and it's like, you wouldn't even know any of this was going on other than my youngest son, eczema, which was very evident. But really that first anaphylaxis for Grayson, I, I remember the feeling of just being paralyzed and not being able to breathe. And this like 
million pound elephant sitting on my chest and this concept entering my brain that I might lose this child over food and just having such a hard time wrapping my brain around that. And later in therapy, getting diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, like this is real. And I, I really want people who are listening to, to know that watching this go through, watching your child go through anaphylaxis, going through it yourself. It is a very legitimate emotional and social trauma. And not that long after that, we started doing oral food challenges. And the very first one we did for my son was a wheat challenge where he yet again had a very serious anaphylaxis. And at that point, we decided to pause for a little while on oral food challenges because all of us were so shell-shocked. And it was then that I had to really start processing what this was going to look like for us. And the biggest thing that happened for me in my grief story was in 2017, my body actually shut down. And I woke up one morning and could not feel my arms and legs and went through several months of testing with every single kind of doctor, neurologist, cardiologist, immunologist, trying to figure out what was going on. Was it Lyme? Was it some horrible neurological disease? Was it cancer? Everything, thank God, was negative. But I ultimately ended up in the hospital for five days and just was having this complete physical, what I thought, breakdown. And ultimately worked with a functional medicine doctor and a brilliant, brilliant neurologist who said, you have this symptom and this symptom is causing this feeling of numbness in your arms and your legs. But because we've done all these tests and we know nothing is wrong, what's actually wrong is you're stressed and you have anxiety and your body is so wound up all the time and your cortisol levels are rushing through your brain and your fight or flight mode is on and has been on for years. And I trace it back to that first anaphylactic reaction. And that's when I started my very, very big process of therapy, self-care, you know, really focusing on my own wellness so that I could take care of my family and working through all of those emotions. Man, thank you so much for being honest. It's, you know, it's so fascinating when we are vulnerable and honest, how much healing occurs because we realize how not alone we are in this journey. When I was, uh, when Oliver was first diagnosed with food allergies, I did feel alone. I remember standing in the office and the doctor, the allergist at the time says, oh, yes, he's allergic to da, 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 da. And the list was as long as the alphabet because it was via a skin test. And he wasn't really interested in doing anything else. And he said strict avoidance. And he said stop breastfeeding. And he said all of the milk that I had pumped is no longer good. So I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, what? Uh, you know, very brave in the office. Okay, doc, right? And I can do this. And and I actually had, I'm so glad I had that mama instinct because he handed me this medical formula. And I said, you know, I, I really wanted to continue breastfeeding. We were very successful with it. Oliver was not having any symptoms with it. And it was just part of our journey. And I read the back of the label of the formula and in it, in the formula, you know, I talk about like sugar and all these things in my life and whatever. That was like, I didn't care about that. But in the formula had 
fin fish, like a fish oil in it. And they had diagnosed Oliver as allergic to it. And I was like, hey, doc, I popped into his office because I was so afraid. And I was just beginning this whole new version of bravery. But my past life, my I like to say my past life, like pre-motherhood, I talked about bravery, radical self-acceptance and like being brave enough to own yourself. Well, now I had to be brave enough to speak up and advocate for my son who needed me to survive, right? On a whole nother level. And uh, it ended up that he was allergic to the formula that the allergist gave us. So that was the beginning of nine allergists we've seen, some because of uh, whether you want to call it malpractice or just, you know, very little care and non-interest in healing our son, some because we've moved, some because, you know, so, some accept insurance, some don't. So, you know, we've we've hopped around quite a bit. And I remember getting in the car after that first day. Ollie was seven months old. And up until that point, I was pretty much living the Pinterest story of motherhood. And yeah, it's hard and it's sleepless nights. And there's a lot of nursing. And I'm like, relegated to the couch and just feeding him and my whole life, you know, I've lost my career, right? Like the normal stuff that we all go through or, or so I imagine. And then I was flung into this whole new world of every single thing that I'm going to give my son. It's not just peanuts, right? It's like this whole list now of things. And I ended up, I mean, I was weeping in the car and shaking and just, it was ugly crying and a lot of ugly crying. Oh, and I can ugly cry. I have modeled in my past life and I do not look good when I cry or exercise. I don't, no matter how gorgeous you are, I don't think anybody looks good, but it's so therapeutic just to let it all out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it wasn't, was not beautiful moment, but there was a lot of breaking apart to eventually what I now see is coming back together again and full circle healing with being able to launch this digital course, Fear to Freedom, and help other mamas through this process before their child's diagnosed and right when their child's diagnosed so they're not alone. But anyway, I just remember that grief somatically in my body. It's imprinted there. And I think because you and I have experienced that grief, we feel so indebted to, uh, you know, paying it forward and helping other mamas out. And just there's silver linings in all of this. There are. And I completely resonate with what you're saying. And I'm the same. I mean, so much of my all of my work really is also part of my healing. I mean, as I give back and I do the work that I do with FAIR, with Latitude Food Allergy Care, speaking as a spokesperson and media host, all of it is because if I can save any parent, any of the trauma that I went through, then then that's a win. And it's also part of my healing, just continuing to process it and to work through it. Let's talk about a career pause. I have another episode I'm doing with Mother Untitled, Neha Rooch, who talks about a career pause. When Oliver was diagnosed with food allergies, I paused everything. I even stopped social media because I did not want to take my eyes off of him. And I knew it was one of those like mama warrior moments. I was like running into battle, like gladiator every second of every day, which is totally burning, burning yourself out and like 
high cortisol levels. Well, you can get into like the functional health side of that, but we all are going through that, right? If you're listening and you're a parent of a child with food allergies, you're likely feeling the same way, especially if your child's just diagnosed. So I paused my career so that I could focus on understanding the complex field of immunology, doing translational research, figuring out what doctor can take care of my child, understanding the difference between sensitivities and allergies. And, you know, I have a a background in nutrition and, you know, I was like, this is a whole nother thing. Like he's not gluten intolerant. Like this is life or death. This isn't, you know, something that is just disrupting his immune system when he has a certain thing. Like this is a full-blown anaphylaxis. So not to minimize celiac or, you know, gluten intolerance, because I also know people who struggle with that. I want to know, what was it like for you? Did you pause? Was it hard? What did that feel like to you? What was helpful? We're, you know, shifting into more of like care for caregiver. And I just want to know like what that journey was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I made the decision. I had worked. So my background is public relations, media, corporate communications. I was working in the city for about 10 years um, at several different PR firms. And then finally at MTV Networks, where I was working with the chief of staff. And it was sort of interesting. And this is how life works, where I had two things happen at once. One was, even though I had an incredible experience at MTV Networks and loved my team, the job was not what I thought it was going to be. And I was really wanting a more creative outlet. And it was very, very like financially focused. It's a huge organization. So I felt like I was really trapped in this smaller role than I wanted. And right about that time, my husband and I decided that we wanted to start a family. And so when I was pregnant with Owen, I went ahead and decided to take a break with the thought of, I'm going to have this perfectly planned life where I'm going to knock out two babies and then go back to work. And of course, it didn't work out. (laughs) Shocker! So I did have Owen two years and two days later, I had Grayson. And within six months, we had this really severe food allergy diagnosis in our household. So the short answer is I never went back to that that lifestyle, that that professional work life in New York City at an agency or a company. But the real answer is I decided to use that to pivot into this full-time food allergy advocacy role that I have now. I felt like I've always been a very big control person. And I've learned <laughs> through this journey there's that we're out of control. There's so much you cannot control. So since I couldn't fix this for my kids, at least not 10 years ago, I decided to throw myself into exactly what you did, educating myself, empowering myself. And then I found FAIR really quickly, Food Allergy Research and Education, and started working with them as a volunteer and, you know, hosting the walks and the luncheons and things like that. And over time, that role really grew. And I started working on the Board of Governors a few years ago. My series, Take Action with Hillary Carter, is in partnership with them where I interview advocates and researchers and and executives in the food allergy space. So that's grown, and I've been able to use all of my background to work with FAIR. And then the really amazing thing that happened that we we can get into is as my kids went through their food allergy journey, you know, a lot of things happened and lined up where we finally made the decision to do oral immunotherapy with my children with Latitude Food Allergy Care. And I was so excited to find this organization, this clinic that was doing 
the most amazing work that is completely changing my kids' lives that I made the decision to join the board of directors. And so I'm now helping them with their expansion, with their public relations, with their networking and advocacy. And it's just been a dream come true. It feels like all of my world's colliding. So, and for me, and I think you are are very similar, part of my healing, part of my self-care, part of my happiness is work. And I need that. I need to have something that is mine and not just mommy or wifey. Uh, So it's been really important for me to have that, even in small amounts, depending on how old my kids were, to have that outlet has been huge. It's interesting that you point that out because I actually know... I mean, a million other food allergy mamas that I've connected with via social media. And also just my my food allergy mom mentor is one of my best friends who her son, Noah, was a year ahead of Oliver in food allergy diagnosis. And she was the one that actually mentioned oral immunotherapy and what it was to me. And the, the interesting thread is all of us that I know are looking for ways to restore our own identity It doesn't have to be the same identity we had prior to having our child or children, but ways to restore or find our purpose in this in this difficult time or whether it's working and just clearing your mind and being, you know, an independent and, you know, away from house duties for a while or whatever it is that you know, taking caregiving. And so we're all looking for that. It's such a common thread, many of us. And I mean, truly everyone I've spoken to is looking for even something like that. So last year, I actually, when I started building my digital course and doing all the back end stuff and recording this and that, Ollie was still two and three years old. So he was in a preschool that was only three hours a day. I went behind my husband's back, which I don't recommend, but it really worked. And I said, I have to get out of the house. And I remember saying to myself, and I was super nervous, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to get a flex office space outside of the house where there's no laundry, no food, no like anything to take care of. And I'm just going to go and start plugging away and figure this out. And I don't know, again, I had no idea. This was my vision, this course, the digital course that I've created and the podcast that's going with it. It's what I envisioned. I didn't know if I would get there, but I knew that it was about the journey, right? It wasn't about, I mean, of course, it's about the final product. That is like full circle healing for myself and to know that I can give to the mama that you and I were is like amazing. It's It's life's work. It's God's work, whatever, you know, you want to call it. I love Seed's PDS08 Pediatric Daily Symbiotic, and you probably already know that if you're following me on social media. I mix it with my son's daily multivitamin every morning in a beautiful espresso cup when I can to show him that self-care is a beautiful daily ritual. Also, because it contains the dual-phase prebiotic made of short and long-chain carbohydrates, it does take an extra moment to dissolve. This easy-to-use and sustainably packaged symbiotic, meaning it's a two in one probiotic and prebiotic 
powder is formulated for benefits in and beyond the gut. It's the first children's symbiotic with nine probiotic strains clinically studied in a pediatric population for benefits across digestive, respiratory, and dermatological health. The Pediatric Daily Symbiotic also supports easy, frequent poops, which happens to be my son's favorite topic. PDSO8 even bridges the fiber gap with five grams of fiber per serving. It's a meaningful complement to a healthy diet. Also, it's reassuring to know that the product is free from sugar, artificial colors, flavors, flow agents, binders, preservatives, and if you're listening to this podcast, and likely most important to you, free of 14 classes of allergens. Seed is offering my listeners a 20% code towards your first month. Just head to seed.com backslash Emily Nolan and use the code EMILYN20 to get 20% off your first month today. I'm going to ask you a very personal question, but I'm going to tell you quickly You don't have to answer this, but okay. Well, when Ollie was diagnosed with food allergies, I didn't realize how little I paid attention to my husband at that time. And it really impacted our relationship. It became really hard to connect with him because I felt like I was constantly on high alert and I could never put my guard down. And so we started working with a positive life coach, positive psychology, and kind of Gottman-esque, if you will. And it became so evident to me that, you know, there are many relationships in my life. It's not just me and my child. And I know that there's a season where we have to put blinders on and stay super focused and try and take care of our child. But I also had to, once I was, Oliver was stabilized and we were in routine and know how to treat him, you know, had to open up and make time for my relationship with my husband or, you know, or even myself going to work and make time for myself. And I don't know if you've had experience like that, but I found it really hard. And it was really not hard, but it was a truth that I was unaware of, that that I was prioritizing my child over everything. I think that's common. I mean, I think that's common for any parent. And then you add in the level of a chronic health issue and it's a lot to manage. And absolutely. I mean, so I just took my husband to Newport this last weekend. It was his 45th birthday. And we actually spent a lot of time talking about this because we now have been married 15 years, we've been together 18 our kids, I know long, I feel very proud of us. Uh, my kids, as I said, are nine and 11 you know, this is a long ride and it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a roller coaster. And I'm just talking about life, not even food allergy. And you have to, I'm very, very into a making choices because the outcomes are always, you know, based on the decision that you made and B like watering what you want to grow. And so it has been very important to us from the very beginning to date whether that means give the kids a movie and we sit by the fire and have a glass of wine, or it means go out to a restaurant, or it means go away for two nights. And I think it, I know that when you're in the beginning of this process, it feels overwhelming and it feels like no one's ever going to care for your child like you will. But I think it's incredibly important, whether it is a grandparent or a babysitter that you really trust, take the time to educate them and train them and take the time to 
feel comfortable with them caring for your child. Even if it means in the beginning, you're still in the house, but you're able to work for two hours so that you can take a break. Cause you've said this about marriage is super important. Your partnership, you have to pay attention to it for it to thrive. Your kids will be okay. They will graduate. They will go to college. The two of you are what's left. And so you want to make sure you don't lose sight of that. And you want to grow together as we go through this journey. And and also, yes, this journey is, is, it can be alienating and it can be lonely. So be in that together instead of by yourself. Yeah. And I'm thinking of also parents who may have separated with a divorce or single parents, you know, finding a partner who will align with you is so important. I can't imagine carrying the weight of this journey on my shoulder. So, you know, if I didn't have Matt, my, my husband, my partner, you know, I have my mom and she is committed to Ollie's health. In fact, she probably knows, to be quite honest, more about how to care give for Oliver in a food allergy c- scenario than many of us because she has a medical background. Oh, you're but- so lucky to have that. My mom does not have a medical background, but I trust her completely. She's one of the few people who can cook for my kids. And I'm so, so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Ag- agreed. So in terms of the listener, the newly diagnosed mama who has a child with food allergies, or even just a mom who has a child with food allergies and has been living with it and didn't know there was treatment or healing paths. What are some ideas you have for them to begin their caring for themselves, that process? Sure. So I have sort of five cornerstones that I live by that I've learned sort of the hard way, as we talked about at the beginning, through my own health journey, in addition to my kids. So the first one is they're all non-negotiables, but let's start with like the most basic. Number one, basic physical and mental health care. And I cannot even begin to tell you the parents that I've spoken to who are not going to their physicals, not getting their mammograms, not getting their teeth cleaned. Like that is unacceptable. You can make time and it's so important. I mean, we want to care for our kids, but if we're not healthy, we can't. So please, 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 parents, take care of your basic care. That includes mental health. And I think, you know, it's definitely not spoken about enough, but mental health as a parent then you add food allergies. It, I just, I don't really know anyone who doesn't need some help at some point. So know when you need a therapist or a support group or a parenting group and take advantage of that. I mean, I've done all of those things and it's been completely life-changing and I'm so grateful. So that's one, just take a basic, basic health. Two is what we just spoke about, relationship. This is on my list. Like Ben and I are a team and yes, he goes to an office every day and I often do a huge majority of the actual doctor's appointments, but we make decisions together and we're on the same page about the decisions we make for our kids and I can leave and he can take care of them. But nurturing that, taking time for the two of you, if you are so lucky to have that partnership, do that. Three, boundaries, 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 boundaries. So through this journey as a family, we made the decision that if it is not a hell yes, it is a no. And I think we as women feel so guilted to say yes to everything. And there is only one of us and we absolutely cannot do all things. So if a decision does not fill your cup or make you happy in some way or a person or a place, then it is a no. 
And no was an answer, by the way. You don't have to defend yourself. Four is turn it off. And you, you mentioned this earlier, but you cannot live in food allergy 24-7, 365. You, of course, need to make sure your child is safe, but it is unhealthy for your brain to stay in that constant caregiving fight or flight mode. So whether it is going for a walk or meditating or reading a book or going out to dinner or going on a vacation or just watching the real housewives, like whatever it is to allow you to turn it off is incredibly important. And then the last thing, which we touched on with, with working is find your joy. This was a huge thing for me because I realized when I had my health crisis five years ago that I was completely in parenting mode and I was, I had completely lost myself, my sense of self, my passion. I couldn't even tell you what I did for enchantment. Like, and so for me, that has always been physical. I, I love to dance. I love to go to yoga. I love to exercise. I love to be outside. I love to travel. I love to go out to dates, dates with my husband, but a huge part of it is, my work. And so finding whatever your passion is and spending some time on that is, is hugely important. Those are my five cornerstones. Okay. So to summarize, the first one is basic physical and mental care. Second, focus on your relationship with your husband or partner. Three is set boundaries so that you have space and time. Four, turn off the food allergy sometimes. And five, find your joy. Amazing. I feel like I've been through that intuitively and probably why I'm sitting here talking with you on the other side of that journey because we want so, so much for the listener to have all of these things and to partake in that journey that we've been through. And a roadmap of, of what to go through. You know, I think it's just, I, I, I also wish I had a you or a me when I was first diagnosed. And, you know, just knowing the process and knowing what to look for and how to sort of heal yourself is hugely important. A hundred percent. You up for some rapid fire? Let's go. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Book or podcast? Both. Okay. Do you have one that you're reading or listening to right now that you want to suggest? Yes. I'm listening to Atomic Habits on Audible when I drive, which I know is an oldie, but it's such a goodie. And then I just started The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd, uh, which was recommended by a girlfriend of mine. And it's so good. Oh, that is one of my all-time favorites. Anything that has to do with a, a good story about Jesus, I love, especially if it's not to sound too biblical, but especially, I mean, it's it's fiction. And it's also so fascinating because it could be real at the same time. You never know. Story about a woman finding her voice. I love. Mm, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And we all love Mary. Well, or at least I do. One, one thing you can't live without. Oh my gosh. Yoga. Yoga. Something not many people know about you. I am an only child of an only child, girls, so having two boys was a very, very big, exciting deal in my family. Interesting. I actually have a thing that it, it may be my like third iteration of my life, but I think saying only child is like one of my biggest pet peeves. You are the child. You are the one child. My parents will love that. I am the child. You are a handful and you do not come from a, a headspace of lack. You are no. you are their child. Yes. I love that. I am one child. Yeah. People ask me, you know, oh, is he your only? And I'm like, 
why would you say that in front of my son? Like, like there's something wrong with me that I chose one child? Like, yeah, no, no, no. So I'm glad we're on the same page now. And hopefully we can influence others to join us. Uh, okay, a challenge you never thought you'd have to overcome. Food allergy parenting. Never, yes. thought, never thought this is going to be our journey. Biggest challenge right now. You know what? It's just always the work-life balance. My kids are, I've got one in middle school, one in his last year of elementary school, and I keep thinking I'm going to have more time and I don't. So fitting it all in uh, and being present for those I love the most and doing work that's meaningful and just balancing it. Something you're looking forward to. Grayson finishing oral immunotherapy. I've got one in maintenance and one halfway there. Amazing. I'm cheering you on. That is so exciting. I do want to, I know we're wrapping it up, but I do want to tell the listener, Hillary and I both spoke about this actually yesterday. When your child is in oral immunotherapy, it's so important, or you see other people's children in oral immunotherapy, we want you to know it is not a race, a competition, a sprint. I remember feeling jealousy sometimes seeing my other friends who have children that are free of their food allergies and thinking, we just need to rush through this and I've got to get them in this oral immunotherapy program right now. And, you know, it is, it's all good. And you're in the place that you are supposed to be in right now. It is not a rush. You can do oral immunotherapy at any point in your life if that's what you choose to do. And so we just wanted to send you love and encouragement wherever you are in your life and let you know that we're cheering for you you're doing a great job just by listening to this episode is not just a baby step, but I think it's a huge step, you know, just educating yourself, feeling your feelings, right? Moving through that, learning about how to care for yourself and your child and your partner, you know, it's, it's a lot. So you're doing great. And I'm sure you have something you want to add. Yeah, I I second everything that you just said. And I would just say one day at a time, mama's like, it really is. It, it, I've had so much time where I felt so in it and like we were stuck and sick and never going to get better. And I look back now at how far we've come and my mind is just blown. So, you know, trying your best to be present, enjoy each day at a time. If you're thinking about going back to work, chip at chip at it one, you know, one day at a time, one project at a time, like you were talking about. The food allergy world is changing so quickly. So, you know, keep reading, keep researching, keep listening to things like this, which is going to be so groundbreaking. I'm so excited for this podcast and your course, Emily. And then just know your options. I mean, there there are treatment options. Oral immunotherapy is amazing. It's not for every single person, but I just highly suggest you you look for practitioners in your area. Latitude, where my boys are receiving treatment, there's five clinics in the Bay Area. We've opened in New York City Hopefully there'll be more in the future, but just take a look at your options because you do have them. So I think it's a bright future. There's a lot of hope and just give yourself grace. This is hard. It's hard and you've got this. If the listener wants to connect with you, can you share your handles or how to reach out to you? Absolutely. So my website is hillarytollcarter.com. I'm on Instagram at hillarytollcarter. And those are really the best places to reach me. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. 
Wonderful. And if this episode was helpful for any of you listeners, please leave a review and rate it. We appreciate it. And it's a great way for other parents of children with food allergies to see the difference that this education and material is making in your life. And it's a great way to connect with other people as well. So thank you so much, Hillary. I'm sending you a, such a big hug. I wish it was in person, but hopefully soon. Virtual hugs. It was so great talking to you. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for everything you do, Hillary. Thanks for listening today. If you're not ready to get started with Fear to Freedom, my pediatric food allergy course, I do have a pediatric food allergy essentials resource with a ton, I mean a ton of incredible resources to get you started on your food allergy journey and healing your child with food allergies. You can download that right now on emilynolan.com and get started. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social as well as any other friends and family that have children with food allergies or newborn children who may not have food allergies, but you know, may have the possibility to prevent it with this information. Remember to rate and review this podcast. It's a great way to give other parents of food allergy children some much needed hope and encouragement. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug.